Good morning. My name is Brian Lewis. I want to start off with a typical day. And this is for me. Uh, you can call it Tuesday, Wednesday, fill in the blank. But uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to just talk through a 24-hour day. Uh, midnight, fall asleep while watching TV, probably waking up on the couch at some point and putting myself to bed. 6.30 a.m., wake up after hitting the snooze button several times. Shower, get dressed, wake the kids up, get the kids dressed, get the kids fed. Everyone's in a hurry. Everyone's already pissed off. 7.30 a.m., fight traffic to get the kids to school, get pissed off again, become some selfish moron, wants to turn left across endless lines of traffic. He clearly should turn right. Uh, curse at the traffic, curse at the lunatics the whole way, all while listening to the positive difference of KLRC. <laughs> 7.55 a.m., skid into the kids' school parking lot on two wheels like Dukes of Hazard. Uh, kids eject out of the car like paratroopers. I'm cursing at the car in front of me in the drop-off line because apparently she needs to hug and kiss her kids 12 times before she lets the kid out of school. I was like, hurry up, lady. It's only Tuesday. You'll see the little squirt at 3. Move it. 8.15 a.m., skid into the work parking lot. Uh, pissed off at the morons again on the road. Pissed off at the talk shows telling me how bad the Razorbacks are going to be. Um, and now I'm pissed off because I've had an employee call in sick. 8.20 a.m., start reading emails, listening to voicemails from the customers that came in overnight. Many problems to start the day. 9 a.m., chug my third cup of coffee, start, start my morning appointments. 11 a.m., that appointment that the guy talked too long put me behind. Now I'm late for a luncheon that I promised I'd go to that now I regret committing to go to. 1 o'clock, back to the office, missed, missed a bunch of calls over lunch, more problems. 2 o'clock, chug my coffee, fifth coffee of the day, start my afternoon appointments. 4 o'clock, return my calls that I missed during that appointment. Develop a practice schedule for one of my kids' teams that I coach. 5 o'clock, rush home, fight traffic, pissed off again at the morons, pissed off at the call-in shows, tell me that the Razorbacks still stink. 5.45, change clothes, get the kids' practice gear gone, get the kids' clothes on, race out the door, get them to ball practice. My wife goes one way to a ballpark, I go the other. Uh, 6 to 8 p.m., Coaching kids' ball practice, me coaching, me getting pissed off again because the kids won't do the drill right, me getting pissed off because they won't listen, behave, or take it serious enough. 8.30 p.m., pick up dinner, get the kids fed, get the kids' homework done, get the kids cleaned up, get them in bed. 9.30, finally, time to relax, turn on the TV, social media, possibly an adult beverage or two because I deserved it. Complain to my spouse about how crazy my day was. Midnight. Fall asleep on the couch and chair, wake up in the middle of the night, go to bed. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Um, some of that was funny, but some of that is actually ashamedly true. And, you know, my weekends could actually be worse. Uh, you know, between kids' sporting events, social commitments, even church activities, uh, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday could be chaos too. Um, very little time for anything that did not make the schedule. Um, that was my life. I was a prisoner, really, to all that stuff that I just talked about and still battle that today. In early 2014, God started working on my heart about this marginless lifestyle that I was leading. Um, and it really started in the foxhole. We were talking about this abundant life that Jesus promised. And we were talking about these fruits of the Spirit that Jesus promised in Galatians 5, 23, love, joy, peace, Peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did you hear any of those 
in the day that I just described, you know, and, and so, you know, one day I was sitting around with uh, Colin and Paul, and, and I just told them what a typical Sunday looked like, you know, Sunday, the one day that, that should be restful, should be peaceful, should be Sabbath, should be, you know, fairly, fairly light, um, and, and I think their response to me was something like, wow, that doesn't sound very restful to me. Um, you know, where was this abundant life? Where were these fruits of the Spirit that we're talking about? I was 37 years old at the time, putting in about 50-plus hours a week at work, um, trying to get a business up and running. I was coaching every youth sports team I could fit in. I was actively involved in any social networking events that I could be a part of. I was a community group leader at church. I was a child care volunteer at church. I did everything. I did everything right. I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Um, and yet, still the question was, where was this abundant life? Where were these fruits of the Spirit that we're talking about? So I think recognizing that I was re- wrestling with those thoughts, Paul and Colin encouraged me to engage the Psalms. And they, they said, start with a psalm a day, preferably in the morning. Read it. Find a, find a promise, outline that promise, and write it down. Um, if you could journal it, that'd be great. That was kind of the, where, this, where the journey started. So I, I was looking for my Bible that I had no idea was, and I, I stumbled across an old journal that I had had. And uh, I was really taking it back when I opened it up. One, I was amazed at how rich some of the entries were that you know, that, that God was speaking to me at, at a certain time in my life. But more importantly, uh, the last date of the entry was in February of 2000. So the year was 2014. There had been 14 years gone by that I had not engaged Scripture for my own personal use, for just a quiet time with the Lord. Um, and... Uh, I just sat there and pondered on that 14 years. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, you know. And, and some of the last entries were really in the first few months of my marriage. Um, so in February of 2000, I'd been married a whopping three months. And some of those entries were really rich, praying for my marriage, praying, uh, you know, we didn't even have children yet, but praying for uh, what God would have for our lives and how we could minister to others and, and how I could minister to my wife. And there's just really rich entries of just me, a conversation between me and God. It wasn't uh, elaborate or anything, but it was just, it was so neat to read, but it was also crazy that it was 14 years between that last entry and, and what I was pinning that day. But as I'm sitting there pondering that, I open the Psalms up, I start at Psalm 1, and right there it hits me in the first, first Psalm. One, it, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, it prospers. I mean, what a promise to be hit up on the first, <laughs> I, I didn't even know what I was looking for, you know, and, and all of a sudden I find this promise, and it's talking about you can be a tree, <laughs> and, and, and so I, I'm a visual person, I, I, uh, I'm not a self-prescribed tree, uh, tree hugger, but I, I, uh, I'm a tree nerd, um, I love my trees, <laughs> my, I bore my kids to death about, hey, that's a black oak, or hey, that's a walnut, or hey, you know, and so, you know, that really just, in that journal, I just 
that day I wrote that promise down and I just drew a picture of a tree. And I'm not an artist at all, but that, that was it. That was, that was my entire entry uh, for the day. And so little did I know at that time, that was when the battle against the marginal, marginless life for me began, was that day that I started that journal. And uh, each day I'd read a psalm, just one. Each, each day I'd journal it, pro- find a promise, underline it, write that promise down. It took five to ten minutes. But it started to soften my heart and started to make me realize how, God, how good God was, how good God is, and how good God continues to be. When you find those promises, they're so rich. And I think it started my journey towards what Jesus is offering in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. And I really like the message version of this. And, and, it, and I don't know if it's on the screen or not, but it's okay, Jeremy, if it's not. But uh, I'm going to read the message version of Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Yeah, freely and lightly. Um, You know, as I begin to share this with my spouse and and tell her what God had been prompting my heart, she, she felt it too immediately. It was like, we were on the same page for the first time a long time about, hey, yeah, what are we doing here? We're we're going down a path here that is probably going to lead to to some some baggage or destruction here. I mean, we wanted that freely and lightly lifestyle. Um, You know, we were tired. We were burned out. We were worn out. Um, And all Jesus was saying was come to him. You know, get, get away with him, walk with him, work with him. We didn't, I don't really even, I still struggle with that. I, I, don't, I don't even, that sounds way too simple. Um, but so, you know, one of the first steps that we took as a family um, to address this, this lifestyle that we just felt was burdensome was we actually took a hard look at Sunday. And I know that's crazy. Um, my mouth strike. <laughs> uh, we looked at Sunday and uh, and I don't want to steal from Steve's thunder. He's going to go next month on on Sabbath. But uh, uh, and this was hard. But we looked at it, we we're like, what are we doing? I mean, we're we're attending one and serving one. We're we're rushing home to get lunch. We're then ru- I mean, we're we're rushing to get lunch, rushing home to clean the house, to cook for our community group of 12 adults and 16 kids and trying to coordinate babysitters and, you know, getting to bed by 8 o'clock on Sunday. It just, it's, what are we doing? What's the purpose of it? And so we actually made a tough decision to take a step back. And I don't know if any of y'all have ever quit a community group, but that's not a real fun thing to do, especially the one that you lead. And so we had some really awkward conversations. And you know, stepping out of serving at a church can be awkward. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, trying to reserve a day can be really difficult, even on a Sunday. And so um, we took those steps. And you know what? On one of the first free Sundays that we had as a family, we took a walk. And we just, our family doesn't do that. Unless it's scheduled, unless it's an event or whatever, we're not doing anything so we just randomly just went on a walk we hit a trail and uh we had no plans no agenda 
no time to get to some place and hurry up to get back to this place. We had absolutely nothing to do, and we walked. And um, my kids would look at trees. I told you already I'm a, I'm a nerd. I would tell them which, what kind of tree it was and how they could identify that by the leaf. We got down to the creek. So I taught them how to flip up rocks to look for crawdads, you know, and grab crawdads. We skipped rocks, whatever. We just walked, and we, it was beautiful. It was unbelievably beautiful as a family. We had nothing to do, no agenda, and for the first time, I think our family experienced rest. And uh, how funny is it? Are you tired, worn out, burned out? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I think my family experienced a real rest that day. Um, you know, we also started protecting Friday nights. Friday nights were a big social night for, for us. I mean, that was typically the night that uh, we were bombarded with uh, social offers of dinners and events or whatever, or, or date night or whatever. And I'm, you know, but uh, we started staying home this night. And, you know, I called it steak night. You know, I'd grill. Um, we might play catch in the backyard, might watch a movie as a family, but we just kind of carved that time out and said, look, you know, we're not going to try to fill those two slots up. Um, so, you know, I mean, those were a few of the first steps we took as a family to address some of our margin issues. But, you know, carving out margin, it doesn't just mean carving out free time or rest time, you know. And I hope you don't hear that today, but, but I, I think it allows time for the Spirit to give your eyes and ears some perspective on truth. And, and so God started working on our hearts on how we decided what the activities were that we'd choose to do and what lens we'd see those through. And so um, we started seeing a pattern of some consistent lies that we start with, when we believe those, when we make decisions based on those lies, we end up marginless really quick. And, and, and one of the first lies that really stuck, stuck out to us was the, the lie, and maybe you can relate to this, you're missing out. You know, if, if you're going to be left behind if you don't do this. Um, let me put it more specifically for me. This is the one I hear a lot. If you don't get your kids in travel ball, paid for lessons with this organization, or on the right team, or with this right coach, then they're going to get left behind. You know, they're never going to catch up, and they're never going to make that high school team. I'm telling you, there is a whole billion-dollar industry based on that right there. And so it's hard as a parent um, when you have people telling you this about your kids all the time. Really difficult, especially if you've played ball yourself at one point. Um, how about this to the professionals in the room? If you don't go to this networking dinner where there's some VIPs, you're going to miss out on an opportunity to see and be seen and potentially get some VIPs as clients. You know, I mean, those are, those are there all the time. Those offers to go to these things there all the time. Again, these are not bad things. Um, but when you're making decisions out of I'm going to miss out or I'm going to be left behind, you can get, you can get real unbalanced real quick. Um, and even spiritually for me, um, if you don't lead a community group, serve one, attend one, attend this seminar, go to this conference, and you're missing out on developing spiritually. Um, I think the enemy can play on legalism too. I think, I think he, can, he can use that a lot too. And I think you can get marginless real quick in the church too. And I, somebody might shoot me for saying that, but I think you can. Um, so again, when we make these decisions based on the fear of missing out 
or going to be left behind, my family gets marginless really quick. Um, you know, a couple Saturdays ago, uh, my daughter was playing a basketball tournament, and uh, excuse me, um, her little team got beat fifty to two. <laughs> I can't make that score up. It was it was it was fifty to two, and uh, you know, I, I was frustrated. She, my daughter, was frustrated, and and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, th- there was another girl on another team and, and uh, she she is one of the best ball players I've ever seen at, at sixth grade. I mean, she can do it all and she's gifted athletically. She she just gets it and, sh- and she knows what she's doing. She, but she she probably had 20 points in the first quarter uh, and and they they took her out just as, you know, to have mercy on us, basically. And so she could have scored 50 or 100 that day. And, and I know her parents and, and that's. It's really all that girl does. I mean, she's very committed to it. Um, her parents have the resources to send her to all these camps and do these things. So it, it's, it's her thing. It's what she does. But, you know, my daughter was really frustrated. Um, and, and, and I think that uh, in the past I would have botched this, but I think the Lord gave me, gave me some words to say with my daughter on this. And, and first and foremost, I told my daughter, I said, hey, you just watched what hard work, full commitment of time, unrelenting work ethic, and God-given ability looks like when it's all put together. Um, so it's not fair for you to think that you can compete against that when you practice one day a week. Okay, so I had to give her some truth. Um, you know, but if you want to, and this is me to my daughter, if you want to be that, if you want to be that good, I think you can be. You know. I, I believe you can you can do what you set your mind to, but as part of becoming that good comes with a cost. And so I just basically listed to her, I said, listen, if you want this, if this is your desire to be this good of a basketball player, um, then here are the costs. And I started listing all the things that she'd have to start doing, and I also started listing all the things that she'd have to give up. And I can't believe I'm having to have this conversation with an 11-year-old. This is how sick our culture is, by the way. But I'm having to have it right now. But basically, I said, hey, listen, if you want to be on that level, here's, here's what you're going to have to do. You know, one, you're going to have to quit softball. Uh, two, you're going to have to quit music lessons. Three, you're going to have to quit the drama plays that you play at school. Um, you're going to have to commit to practice and games all year round. You're going to have to play on many teams in which none of your friends are going to be a part of. Um, you're going to have to start attending these summer camps, um, where you spend weeks away from home in a dorm with other girls from other towns that you don't know. You're going to have to play for coaches who you don't know, um, who take a much more serious approach to the game. You have to shoot baskets in your spare time instead of playing with your friends or playing on the screens. You got to take speed and agility lessons in the mornings before school. Um, you know, and as a family, here are the things we're going to have to give up. You, we're going to have to commit some money to basketball instead of treats, toys, vacations, trips as a family. Um, we're going to have to figure out a transportation schedule because you, you still have a brother. Uh, we might have to consider another school option, you know, based on public or private or whatever coaches in what district. You know, and so after hearing all this, she said, hey, listen, I, I think I'm okay with where I'm at. <laughs> and, and so, again, I, I bring that up to say this. I, it wasn't my ploy to talk her out of 
travel basketball or becoming this. I, I just, I wanted her to understand the cost that comes with being excellent at something. And, and there's not, nothing wrong with being excellent at something at all. Um, but I, I tell you this because as a former athlete, son of a former coach, everything in my fiber wants her to be that stud athlete. I want her to be that girl. Um, <laughs> and unattached from the vine and marginless, my past life, I probably wouldn't even have asked her. I probably just started signing up for those things. I would have just ran down that path without whether she wanted to do it or not. By God, you're going to be a good basketball player. And so uh, I think the Spirit reminded me in that moment that falling behind, if this is what falling behind and missing out look like, and if my daughter was okay with that, I'm all right with that. I need to be okay with that because what are we falling behind on, you know, and that's a really long-winded story on, on sports, but, you know, I, I think sometimes as that's the world I'm living in right now is that there's all these things bombarding us for our time, and, and children's activities is certainly one of them. Um, second lie for our family that, that we felt like was making us marginless is, hey, you know, this is just a season of life. You know, when you get through this, things will get back to normal. You know, this is just a season of life. You know, this is just what, this is it. You know, this, this is what you do, you know. Um, you know, you, you only have these kids for a few years. It's just a season of life going to ballpark to ballpark every minute of the day or gym to gym or every weekend at a different town and tournament. Just season of life, you know. You'll miss it actually one day. When your kids are gone, you'll miss that. I, I don't know. Do, do any of you guys miss that? <laughs> you you been? Okay, well, all right. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, it's just a season of life having all these commitments, business meetings, sales quotas, social events. You know, things will slow down for us once we get through whatever sales numbers we got. Uh, you know, it's just season of life. We'll start going on those family walks again once we get through this crazy season of life. We'll start doing those things once we get through this. Once we get through this, we'll start doing that. You know, what I've found is the seasons of life never end. They never end. There's always a season coming right back over to take back over. Um, so surrendering that thought to season of life argument, it, it, that surrendering margin to the season of life gives you nothing. I mean, you, you just, if you just throw your shoulders up and say, well, it's just season of life, it, it never ends. You're never going to get out of that cycle. Um, and so I, I believe the only way we are able to hear some of these lies and, and start having some fighting chance to start taking back some margin for our family and our life was just, it really started with, with me spending a little bit of time with God, just carving out five to ten minutes a day with God. Um, In my strength alone, or if it's left up to me, I would fill every second of the day with some activity. I would do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat, and I still do it today. I still choose that. Um, But it keeps coming back to walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, learn the unforced rhythms of grace, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I I, I don't know about you, but I I really want our family to understand what freely and lightly means. Um, And I don't know if we can really get there. I think freely and lightly means a little bit more of the creek and the trees than it does the ballpark. And again, I'm a ballpark guy. I'll talk baseball with you all day long if you want to. I love it. I love the game, but I, I just, I don't know how unbalanced this stuff's become for our, for our, our society. But, you know, I, I would say this, the, the battle for margin still goes on 
for our family all the time. And I, and I wish I could stand up here and say, you know, I got it all figured out. We're living happily ever after. I read a psalm and we're good. I, I wish it worked that way. <laughs> I really did. I, I really, I really do. So I, I really don't have a, a you know, a, a great nugget to share. But I think First Peter five eight says it really well. Be alert, self-controlled. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You know, I, I think there is a very real battle for us, and I, I think for you, for every minute of the 24-hour day that we're given. I think the enemy wants you to be busy. I think the enemy wants me to be busy, too. And, and here's the deal. There, I mean, we've got to work. We've got to parent. We've got to do all these things. So none of this stuff's going away. I'm not saying that we should all become Buddhist monks and <laughs> go, go find Zen somewhere. But, but I, I just think that one of the reasons why I wasn't experiencing the abundant life and the fruits of the Spirit was I, I simply took 14 years off of just taking 5 to 10 minutes a day to engage the Word, to, to pray, to, to talk to my Father, to, to spend just a little bit of time with Him and just ask for some perspective at all. So, uh, I want to end this with, what, you know, what is the hope and encouragement that I hope you get out of my story that, you know, I'm, I'm still living this marginless life and I'm still battling this, this life of overcommitment and burnout. And I don't think I'm alone. Maybe I'm the only one to admit it. But um, the encouragement I pray is back to, to Matthew 11. Is, are you tired, worn out, and burned out on religion? You know, I, it's January. You know, it's a new year. So... You know, I mean, is it, it's a good time to take a self-assessment. Are you, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Well, again, Jesus promises, come to me, get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. You know, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. I mean, I don't have any good answers. I, I don't have any answers to margin on my own. But I do know that, you know, when I do take that five to ten minutes in the morning, um, to seek a promise, to continue to read over it, to, to pray over it, to meditate on it, to journal it. I, I do have hope um, for an abundant life and, and, and fruit, and, 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 I, and I do have a fighting chance. But uh, I want to leave you back with the, the first promise I found. Um, again, I'm partially a tree hugger. Blessed is the one who does not walk in a step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither or whatever they do prospers. Thanks for listening. That's my marginless story. I hope you, hope you can relate. Thank you.